you know, it can happen for you out there, but I find that many writers uh, give up too early. They get rejected a few <laughs> times, and they say, well, the thing I've learned about publishing is there's no one path to, to become a bestseller. Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Um, my guest today on the assembled side of editorial text He's been an acquisition editor of Morgan James Publishing, has written more than 60 books for traditional publishers, including Jumpstart Your Publishing Dreams. And our focus today is we look at how to jumpstart your publishing dreams. You may have dreams, ideas, to turn your writings into a book and all that. How do you go about that? Bernard, very honored to be here with you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure, I treasure. And I do as well. Okay, great. Terry, you've been both sides of the coin to do publishing, anything to publishing, and especially the subject of your book to do dreams, converting your dream of being an author. Most, you know, most people have the dream of turning their script or manuscript into, to hold something physical or have a book with their name on it, but they, 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 they don't know how to get it out. Most of them have died of their dreams still in them. How do we get started? Before then, let us know a little bit more about you because you, you, you've written over 60 books for traditional publishers. Who is Terry Whalen? Uh, that's a good question. Who is Terry Whalen? I'm, I'm someone that's really quite uh, passionate about uh, books, Bernard, because I know that books change people's lives. And so... Um, I've been on this journey probably for over 20 years now of working with different authors on their books and writing some of my own books out there. And um, I, I'm very passionate about the, about the printed word, I guess, is what I tell you at the end of the day. Wow, wonderful. So, Terry, let's, get, let's delve deeper into publishing, the whole publishing journey, which has changed over the decade from traditional focus, traditional publishing to now to digital and a blend of both. Uh, looking at jump start your publishing dreams. First off, why do we need this? Well, we need um, we need to really understand understand publishing because there's in today's world there's there's all different kinds of ways to get published. Uh, you can get published with a traditional publisher, or you can, uh, you know, go to CreateSpace or one of these places and upload your files, and in a very short amount of time, you can be published in a sense. But um, what I, what I, I have hesitation about about the whole um, self-publishing thing that's going on with with uh, Kindle and some of that, because mm-hmm. for one thing, I, I read a lot of those, I see a lot of those books. And they're, they're frankly not very good. And so, um, and there's, and there's thousands of them. What, what a lot of people don't realize, I, I realize because I'm in publishing is that in, um, in 2011, uh, CreateSpace did over 50,000 
titles, mm. different books. <laughs> and so, so that's, that's the pond you're swimming in over there. Uh, where Morgan James, the traditional publisher that I worked for, I worked for a New York publishing house. Uh, we do about 150 books a year, just, just in contrast. Mm. Um, now Amazon is a big customer of ours at Morgan James, but they're only 24% of our overall business. Wow. Which means that 76% of our business is everybody else, the, uh, traditional, traditional bookstores out there, out there. So, um, I wrote Jumpstart Your Publishing Dreams mostly because I find that often writers will send out their material to a, to a publisher or two, get rejected, and they'll say, well, I guess nobody wanted to publish my book. <laughs> and so, <laughs> They give up too soon is part of part of the uh, challenge that many writers have, and then they don't really understand um, publishing in a broad sense of the word, and that's part of the reason I did this book too is because many people spend a lot of their time and energy focused on writing a, a fifty thousand or a hundred thousand word book, mm-hmm. which is a lot of effort to do that. Mm-hmm. Instead, um, they could reach many more people. Some of them. By writing a, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred word magazine article that reaches a hundred, two hundred thousand people in that. Uh. So I tried to, try to encourage authors that, uh, you know, there's a big world out there when you look at publishing. There's electronic publishing, there's magazine publishing, there's book publishing, and you just want to be as involved in all the different aspects of it as you can because That'll help your own exposure as, a, as an author. And uh, it's, it's kind of a funny thing in publishing. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. those of us that are published like to publish people that have been published. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, while, while, yes, I'm looking for new authors, but by the same token, I'm looking for people that, that have experience. And mm-hmm. so one of the ways you get experience as a writer is working on the shorter form is what I would say. Personal experience articles, how-tos, um, those kinds of magazine articles, they're still being published out there. And, and you can write those kind of things a lot easier than, than a whole book in you, many ways. Sorry, this is getting uh, interesting. Uh, you explain that the term or the word publishing used throughout your book even doesn't refer to book publishing alone. We have uh, magazine publishing, article publishing, and that. Can, can you just educate us on all the aspects of publishing before we delve into how we can build our, our, our progression towards a book publishing? Yeah, I um, I think there's a there's a world a huge world out there of of print magazines that. Many writers just forget about. Maybe they read magazines, or maybe they don't even read magazines. But there's there's a lot of them that are online as well as in print, uh, in their in their bookstores or on their magazine stands. And the circulations of those particular publications is a lot higher than maybe their book. Mm-hmm. Um, people people think that their book is going to make them wealthy and they're going to sell thousands <laughs> of copies. But the uh, the reality is that uh, if if you sell five thousand copies of your book, that's good, you know. And a lot of the way a lot of publishers look at it. So where it's very easy with a short magazine article to reach, you know, a hundred, two hundred thousand people uh, in that with that one magazine article. So it's just a different way of looking at the whole 
the whole publishing world than people typically look at it. Well, that's that's one one thing I also experimented some time ago. What I did, I um, I wrote an article piece, okay, which which was the extension of one of my books, and I had it published. I realized that that particular piece had a lot of view or reach than if it was only in the book. So the goal was able to get a message across to as many people as possible. So using the best channel, it might not be the book. But depending on what you want to look at, what you want to communicate to the people, you, you pick your channels to then share your information. Absolutely, that's 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 right. And you have to you have to look at your topic and figure out if it's broad enough to sustain a book. And some things are, and uh, some things aren't. Um, and the reality is, Bernard, even though I've been in this business a long time, I get very enthused about different topics. And sometimes I get fooled as well. Uh, a while back, one of my, one of my friends, uh, called me because they knew, uh, the, the parents of the oldest living snowflake baby in the United States. Oh. Now, a snowflake baby is where the, uh, the woman's egg has been frozen and then it's, then it's planted back inside her and they make a baby out of that. They call those snowflake babies. And these particular parents had been to the, they'd been to the White House and they'd met the President of the United States and, and so I got all enthused about this topic. And so I said, oh, that's a great book. I'm going to write that book. <laughs> and so I, uh, I picked up the phone and I called a literary agent friend of mine in New York and he listened to me very carefully about it and he said, you know, Terry said, that sounds like a magazine article. That doesn't sound like a book to me. Mm. And I'm like, oh. And so I hung up. I thanked him for his time. I hung up. And then I called another agent friend of mine. And he listened to me very carefully. And he said, you know, Terry, that sounds like a magazine article. That doesn't sound like a book. And so now I could have just continued dialing my, my phone and gotten more friends. But I took it from these two experienced professionals that I probably had a magazine article there instead of a book. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people need to think about their topic and understand, you know, see if it, it is really, is it worthwhile to tell a whole book about that or is it something you can do in a shorter, shorter piece? Now, the one, one subject that really fascinates me, especially in the publishing cycle and the process, it's, uh, you read a lot of stories like, uh, Mark Victor Hansen, and the Harry Potter, since they've been rejected by traditional publishers uh, hundreds of times and eventually made it also to the top. And so uh, how, what what happens through the, those processes? But though there, there is a, a digital publisher, like you mentioned, Amazon, Lulu, and Co., why does do we need traditional publishing even in this age? Well... That's a good question. I think one part of the reason we need traditional publishing, even in this age, is because um, book book publishing, particularly on the traditional side, is quite a it's a closed closed industry. You know, bookstores buy based on their perception of what the author is going to be doing to promote that book. But there's there's a systematic way that books are sold into into bookstores. And bookstores buy those books and all that, and it's it's very hard for outsiders to break into that into that system, and so um, I think that's why you know in the uh, 
in the forward to my Jumpstart Your Publishing Dreams, I I tell the story about uh, Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield mm-hmm. being rejected 140 times for the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Now, they were very committed to this book, and so they were going to self-publish it themselves if they couldn't find a publisher, but they finally found a, a little publisher down in Florida that was going to publish their book for them. And uh, HCI Communi- Communications. Now, they told their publisher that they were going to sell a million books during the first year. And the publisher laughed at them, Bernard, because <laughs> at that point in their life, they never sold a million copies of anything. They just thought that was a ridiculous idea that they were going to sell a million books. Well, Jack and Mark followed what they call the rule of five. Mm-hmm. So every day they got up and did five things to promote their book. <laughs> and so they, they may have written a blog post or they may have done a podcast like this or they may do a radio interview. But they did those five things day after day after day. And it took them a little longer than a year to sell their first million copies. It took them a year and a half to sell their first million copies. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it can happen for you out there. But I find that many writers uh, give up too early. They get rejected a few <laughs> times and they say, well, I guess this book shouldn't be published or I should go over to... Uh, Amazon and just self-publish this book. Um, I I think they should be more persistent, you know, in that in finding the finding the right audience and the right place at the right time for that book. Uh, and, and I understand that I used a lot of rights in that that last sentence there. They have to kind of line up for you to be in the right place with the right publisher at the right time with the right material, but. That's the opportunity that that you're really looking for when you're looking to find a publisher for your book. Mm. Well, okay. Now I know you, you, you have a material on your book book proposal, Adele. Before we, we move on to the next thing, other things, can you quickly give us about three main things that one might need to consider when approaching a publisher, a traditional publisher, to publish the books? Because uh, as you mean, an author has books on on. Amazon Kindle. Now, I just want to approach a traditional publisher because I have, I want to get a different reach. What are the three most important things that one need to do? Uh, actionable tips now. Yeah, that's, that's really a great question. When you're, when you're approaching a traditional publisher, um, what many people don't realize is that, uh, editors and agents particularly don't don't read manuscripts so much. Oh. Uh, they really read a, a specialized document called a book proposal. And so you need to learn how to create that book proposal because that proposal has information in it that your manuscript will never contain. For example, a proposal tells why you've chosen to write for this particular target market. Um, what are the competitive titles that, and don't tell me that your book doesn't have any competition because it's not true. I mean, every book competes in the marketplace mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for attention and dollars and ideas and such. So you need to have a realistic view of your, your book and bring up some competitive titles that are, that are best selling. And then the third element that you, you really need to include in this 
in this proposal is why you? Why are you the best author to write <laughs> this particular story of all the people that are out there? And you have to have some good reasons. Uh, for example, I I was talking to an author today that uh, has a, a memoir that she's writing about melanoma, you know, which is a, a big problem with, with skin Many people are dying from that. Mm. Well, she's she's passionate about this topic because she had a sister that died of melanoma. So that's a good reason why she should be the person <laughs> to talk about this particular book. So you have to come up with a reason like that to tell me why I should be interested in your particular topic at this particular time. Um, and you can do that as, as a writer. You know, you, you can <laughs> convince me because... We are actively looking all the time for new books and new ideas to, to publish and get out there into the marketplace. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, let's, 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 one of the subjects that, that I find especially concerns authorship and writing is, um, as from your book. So why do authors need to build their online presence or platform? What is, an, what is, what is that? Why do they need that? Well, um, you know, an online presence or a platform is something that uh, publishers are talking about a lot with authors. They're, they're talking about uh, social media. They're talking about uh, your own reach because publishers can only reach uh, so far with, with the books. They may be able mm-hmm. to sell them into the bookstore, but, you know, the bookstore market's kind of funny, uh, Bernard. If, um, if the author doesn't do anything to promote the book or tell the bookstore owner how they're promoting that book, then that bookstore owner has the right to pack that book back up and send it back to the publisher for a full refund. And so what keeps your book in the stores and keeps it selling is your own activity and the fact that you're actively out there promoting your book. Uh, I tell every author this that I work with, Bernard, I would say 80% of the responsibility falls on the author's shoulders to, to promote and sell their own book. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to sell your book into the stores, but all those books can be returned if you don't do anything or tell us what you're doing. So every author needs to kind of wake up and understand that they need to be building that online presence out there. So, for example, on... Um, on Twitter, there are millions of people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Now, I was an early adapter to Twitter. I fully admit this. But I have over 132,000 followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so that that number alone uh, catches publishers' attention, and they go, wow. Mm-hmm. So Terry does have a reach to the audience. He, he's got a target audience. He knows how to reach them and tell them about his book. Mm-hmm. So, so with with that, when an author is able to build a good online presence or a platform, it is also one of the ways that he can even approach publish it with it because he has numbers, he has good reach, and he can can also write on that to sell his books. Yeah, that's right, and and those numbers keep growing uh, more and more as uh, as publishing gets harder for people as as it gets harder to get those traditional publishing deals. Uh, publishers tend to raise their raise their numbers as far as uh, how many Twitter followers they want you to have, how many friends on Facebook, how many LinkedIn connections. But the good news, Bernard, is that each of us uh, have that opportunity to to build those things. And 
And that's one of the uh, chapters that I had in Jumpstart Your Publishing Dreams about how to really engage the market. What can mm-hmm. you do every day on a regular kind of basis to engage the market? Now, I, I personally don't spend a lot of time on social media, even though I have a big following. Um, my day is filled pretty much being an acquisitions editor at Morgan James Publishing and working with authors on their on their books. But uh, so if I can do it. Your your listeners ought to be able to do it as well. Mm. So what what are some of the several ways you you teach or authors from your book to which engage the market? Well, yeah, there's several ways. I I encourage them to um, first of all be be involved in publishing in the broadest possible way. So even though I've been in publishing a long time and I'm in book publishing mostly these days, I'm still writing magazine articles on a regular basis. And uh, getting those out, and uh, that helps my exposure, but it also helps me uh, touch touch the marketplace. And your your listeners also should be working to continue to grow their their Twitter following, their friends on Facebook. Um, really be focused on their their message and how they're getting it out there. And and by being focused on the message, I'm not talking about sending out little messages saying, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, because <laughs> nobody wants to read that, you know. So my philosophy, on the other hand, has been that through my social media, I'm trying to help as many people as I can with your to get to get their message out. So if I kind of go along the philosophy that Zig Ziglar had, Bernard, that if you help enough people achieve what they want to achieve in their life, then you're going to be fine too out of that process. Yeah, that's true. So that's very much what I do. If you uh, look at my Twitter feed, my name Terry Whalen. If you look at that, you'll see that mostly I'm just putting out content. You know, good content, uh, articles, different things that I've read. Uh, some of it's my free content. So, so for example, about. Uh, in the back in the book proposal area, I've got a free website out there called askaboutproposals.com. Ask about mm. proposals. Now, if you go over there, you'll see that that's a free teleseminar that I have set up. Now, you have to surrender your first name and your email address to get access to this information. But I have an hour-long teaching that I did answering people's questions about how to make proposals. That's free out there. And so I have a number of those kinds of things that I've tried to do to just get give good information to people and help them. That, that, that's one of the things where I also believe that uh, the ability for an author or a person to give value on the social media platform, not to get me to buy my books, but to give lots of value upfront, like what you did for me. I, I, I went to your, your speech concerning the book proposal deal so that you are offering free value to people. So they, in that way, they will love to connect with you the more and you have materials, they really want to buy. So that's one 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 thing I also really like concerning uh, your advice to authors. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Bernard. And, I'm, and, you know, to be honest, I'm selling a few things too. You know, I have... <laughs> I have an ebook about how to, about book proposals that sell and I have a I have a 15 lesson uh course on uh how to write a book proposal. So I I have a few things I'm selling out there as well, but mostly I'm really trying to give give good content to people and help them kind of understand the market so that they really get focused on on the right kind of target. 
Now, okay, that that brought this question to mind. Let's look at repurposing content from your book. As you mentioned, uh, that even only about 10% of authors earn some money from their from advanced traditional publishing. Only 10%. Give us some stuff to do with that. And also, how does an author begin to repurpose his content into other forms? Yeah, well, that's a great question because, um, yeah, people... One of the things I've learned about books is it's not so much that you're going to make money from the book itself, but people make money uh, in the in the book publishing world talking about their books. So maybe they make most of their money by giving speeches on a regular basis or by taking content from their book and building that into a uh, into a membership site or by um, where people pay to be in their monthly membership program. Um, or maybe they maybe they create what we call a book in the business, where they they blog and they write about a particular topic over and over, and then they take all those random blog entries and organize those into a book, mm. and so that becomes that becomes a book. So there's there's a lot of different ways that you can um, repurpose your content if you're smart about it. Um, for years, all I did was make original content every day. Day after day, I'd write new stuff all the time. And now, I guess maybe I'm older and wiser, Bernard. <laughs> I'm trying to take all this content that I've written over the years and reorganize it and repurpose it and get it out there in a different format to help people, but also so that I'm, I make the best use of my own time that I have. Oh, I think that's good. So we can utilize all these things and- now, looking at your journey so far, you know, all these years of writing, uh, editing, you know, all this, what has been your greatest challenge, especially to do with the new media, social media and traditional publishing? What has been your greatest challenge blending these two? Well, I guess, I guess the greatest challenge, uh, Bernard, is, is to uh, have the right attitude as much as anything and not be not be stuck in the old world and not be married to the new world either. Uh, try to find balance in your life. And so uh, I'm always learning, always growing about my, my writing life. I'm continuing to read uh, new things, new trade magazines, new new books about writing because I want to grow. I want to be the best best writer and best editor that I can possibly be. And I can't do that if I've arrived, you know, mm. if I figure that I've, I've learned it all, so I don't need to learn anything new. No, that's, that's the wrong attitude. Instead, you need to have the kind of attitude that I, I want to grow, I want to be the best, and I'm going to continue to learn and take courses or whatever I need to do in order to get there. One of your chapters had mentioned that as authors need to be able to blend these two for their author success. You had suggested that authors need to keep uh, training themselves and updating themselves. And I said, that's exactly what you just mentioned, that the authors that you do personally, so you suggest that authors need to always constantly keep learning about the new forms of publishing to be able to inculcate that into whatever they are doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the thing I've learned about publishing is there's no one path to to become a bestseller because if we all knew what the path was we'd all just get on it and every book would be a bestseller but that's (laughs) not the way it is so instead you have to find what your path is and what your route to that is and that 
that involves experimentation. It involves uh, learning new things and just trying things to to figure it out. Now you can't be you can't be learning a massive amount of new things because if you do, you'll be so unfocused that nothing will get done. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's got to be kind of a balance in your life where you you pick one or two things, for example, that you want to learn in the new year, and those are the things that you really emphasize and work on. And I think you'll be you'll be successful as you as you take that kind of approach rather than running to the the newest shiny object object that comes in in through your email box. Uh, you can go crazy looking at all those kind of new things that keep coming. And sometimes they get noisy with that. Yeah, so instead, I, I just encourage your listeners to just really focus on those couple of things that is really going to be good for them and for their particular writing life where they are. So if you're writing fiction, maybe you take a, maybe take a little online fiction course from somebody, or maybe you uh, decide that you're going to read three books about uh, the best way to develop your characters or something, something like that that's a weakness of yours, and then... Apply that to your own writing. Uh, same thing in the nonfiction side. Uh, to, you know, learn learn how to write query letters for magazines. That's going to be your task, maybe for the for the new year, and then then make a goal of writing three or four query letters a week and getting some magazine assignments, and then completing those magazine assignments. So that's uh, that's just another strategy you can use. Uh-huh. Uh, Terry, where can one get uh, a copy of the book, Jumpstart Your Publishing Dreams? How do you get access to all this? Because you could see there are lots of things that one needs to really learn from this book for authors. Well, uh, Jumpstart, I've got a, a website, uh, jumpstartdreams.com is the, uh, is the, is a website. Or they can, they can pick up the book at any, any bookstore, um, our books at Morgan James are, are distributed through Ingram Publishing Services, the biggest book distributor in the world. So, I mean, we distribute in the UK, we distribute in, in bookstores all over the country. So they can, they can get the book there or they can order directly from me. Uh, if they go to jumpstartdreams.com and when they check out, uh, in the special section there, they could, they could say, hey, autograph my book for me, Terry. And I'd be happy to do that for them when I pack it up and send it to them. Also, you can go to Jumpstart. Jumpstartdreams.com. To get it. So if one needs an autograph copy, they can order through that services to, to have it, right? Absolutely. And, um, and right, and right now I just got approved today, Bernard, for the, for the next, uh, few days I'm going to be, uh, giving away some copies of, uh, Jumpstart. Uh, your publishing dreams over on goodreads.com wow. so uh they can uh, go over there and see if see if maybe they win one of those copies <laughs> okay what did you what did they need to do when they go to on goodreads uh on goodreads they can just look for uh jumpstart your publishing dreams and uh under my name and and there'll be there'll be several copies that I'll be uh, giving away over there at uh, at goodreads Oh, okay, that's good. Good to know. I think I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes for people to also learn from this, this as well too. So in few- I, I ignored I ignored Goodreads for a long time uh, here, Bernard. But I realized that in the last ten months, 
They've grown from uh, 15 million readers to 20 million readers over there. So there's a lot of people that love books over on Goodreads. So you should be uh, be over there every now and then just to just to check that out. Mm, well, I recently also learned from um, learned that um, Pinterest is also beginning to help in in authors promoting their books as well too. That's what I understand. I haven't uh, dwelled into uh, to Pinterest yet. I guess I, I didn't want to be too divided. So I'm I'm pretty much on um, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn is where I'm where I'm really focused on the social media side. Now I've added added Goodreads to that. No, oh, okay. I think it was the last time I, an interview I had of John Creamer. He mentioned that currently uh, Pinterest is helping him the more. Yeah, well, John, John's a real wealth of knowledge. So, uh, if he says Pinterest, then Pinterest is probably a great, great place to be. Okay. Now, I, I normally do this before you go. What would be your billion dollar tip to the world? My billion dollar tip to the world. I guess my billion dollar tip to the world is that, uh, I've, Bernard, I've been in some of the top literary agencies in New York City. I've, I've spoken with agents that are, that are doing huge, huge deals, uh, for authors on books. And one of the things they always ask me is they say, Terry, where, where's the next, um, bestseller? Where, where's that book? Because mm. that's what they're looking for. And what I want to encourage authors is that they, they feel like they're getting rejected. They're sending their stuff out. No agent wants them. No publisher wants them. Um, that's not really true because every single one of my colleagues in the, in the business, we're getting up every day. We're reading our email. We're, we're looking at the stuff that comes in the mail. And we're really looking for that next bestseller, the next best thing out there. And so when you get rejection letters, just understand that that's not the end for you. <laughs> You're really looking for the next thing, the next place that's really going to embrace you and publish your material. Great. Carrie, it's been a great time with you. And with this, I believe that the listeners can jumpstart their publishing dreams. That's right. Jumpstartdreams.com and that'll, uh, Twitter is probably the best place to get a hold of me. I, and it's just under my name, Terry, Terry Whalen would be the best place to get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Bernard, thank you so much. That's a pleasure I treasure. And I do as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, great. I want to recommend my books on Amazon for you today. Visit amazon.com slash Bernard Kelvin and get access to all my 15 plus books for you today. I recommend the latest book on personal branding that is Rebrand, The Ultimate Guide to Personal Branding. Get one today and grab a copy for someone else. That is Rebrand. The best is yours. <laughs>